Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad Jesus came. He came. He came for a purpose. He came to meet your needs. He came to encourage you. He came to show you that he can be Lord over everything in your life. Many of you here I don't know, and I know many of you don't know me. I go here, sometimes this side over here, don't know this side over here. (laughs) We just have to get acquainted. But nevertheless, um, I do attend church here when I'm not out of town to minister or something. Uh, Been over here for about six years. My husband and I pastored. We did Bible college. We did missionary work. We were pastoring when he went on to heaven in 208. And I can truly pick up on that verse of song that says, with every breath I draw, I can sing the goodness of God. Because I was in the accident as well, had over 70 fractures, given a death sentence. But I can sing of the goodness of God because he's healed me completely and I give him all the praise. But enough about me. Um, I'm just so glad. I hope you had a a very blessed Christmas. Now we're going to look forward to a new year. When I was dressing this morning, I could hear these words, whatever they mean, and they will take hold in our life and in the body here. I could hear new frontiers, new frontiers, new frontiers. And, of course, we move up from glory to glory. We move from glory to glory. God designed us to be that way. So I would ask you today, what is your vision? What is your vision for uh, 2020? What is your vision? Have you thought about it? I know some natural things in life that you're projecting, that you're contemplating, that you're thinking about. But what about the spiritual life that brings that all possible? Are you thinking of kingdom principles? You know, the word said in, uh, in Matthew 6, seek first, very first thing, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things. What things? Things you need, things you desire, spiritually and naturally. Everything connects to the hub, and Jesus is the hub of your life. So are you contemplating moving up in the kingdom, seeking the gifts and callings that are within you, that are without repentance, that God placed there? Are you contemplating that, believing God to move you into these new avenues, these new frontiers of life? I pray that you are because I am as well. You know, we haven't reached the plateau. We haven't reached the ultimate. We haven't reached what God has for us, nobody. But to God be the glory, today is the day. As he said last Sunday, new beginnings, new beginnings, new frontiers. I think it relates together there. He said 2020 will be a year of new beginnings. New beginnings in Christ, new beginnings in his spirit, new beginnings in his work, new beginnings for your, for your needs, for your healing, for your marriage, for your finances, new beginnings, new beginnings. Just take that and meditate on it and expect it. And so we're going to find out today some of the ways to get this vision in focus. We're going to do some, just some sharing on your faith which is a basic, 
for everything and your words because they're so important. They're so important. So, you know, we'll just lay us a little foundation for that and we'll get right into some of that. You know, in Proverbs uh, 29, 18, uh, from the Amplified, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, where there is no redemptive relation of God, revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God keeps and includes that of man is blessed, happy, fortunate, and envied. So, you know, we have to take that word and, and vision and envision the new vision that we can have in Christ Jesus because things don't stay the same. They shouldn't. We get stale if they do. But in verse 34, he said, And so do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. In other words, hey, tomorrow it's got enough trouble of its own here. <laughs> so, you know, don't worry about or think about what could happen next week, next month, next year. Contemplate on what you're going to do with today. And then tomorrow you can complicate and, and expect to get rid of the complication. But you can expect the dedication of your heart to change your tomorrows. You can't change yesterday. Some of you are living in the past. You can't do that. You know, past is past, and you can't change it. But you can change every one of your tomorrows with faith in God and the foundation of the Word in your heart to do it. But it will take that to do it. As, as a Christian, that is what we do. That is where we go. That is how we live. Because the just should live by faith. And so faith, your faith, of course, just laying a little foundation here for it. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. You can't get what you need without you believe it. And you know, really, faith is this simple. It is just this simple. It's just believing that what God said is the truth. That what God said for you, you can have it. But you have to apply it. It will not just fall on you because the word says it's there. You have to apply it in your own heart for the need and for the foundation that you need to, to lay for what you need there. So faith is in two places. That is Romans 10, 8. Faith is in two places. It says the word is near you. It is on your lips and it is in your heart. And that is the word of faith which we preach or which we teach or which we proclaim as individuals you know all of us is a preacher you don't have to be in the pulpit I do more outside of the pulpit really than I do in uh, wherever people are there's problems you know and Jesus is the answer but it takes your faith how did you get saved it took just this little bit of of uh, progress to get you saved first you had to believe he died for you then with your mouth you had to receive it so that's how you do it with everything that you need, just like you got saved. Just like you got saved, that's exactly how you do everything else. You know, today I will tell you that you're the prophet of your own life. You are the prophet of your own life. What you have been saying for a week, a month, a year, down through life, you've been saying and you've been saying and you've been saying, whether it's the right words or the wrong you have what you've been saying because you're exactly the prophet of your own life. I am too. 
So it's so important to put God's word in there. But once it's in there, it's so important to act on it. You have to speak it out your mouth. Get the promise he promised and go with that. The word, uh, the Greek word sozo is the Greek word for salvation, as Jeff brought out earlier. You know, salvation is just not your ticket to heaven. Praise God. Can you say we're glad we're going? Hallelujah. Yes. But it's so much more. That word sozo means deliverance. It's deliverance in every single area because that day on the cross, he missed not one T or dotting an I. He paid for every bit of it. So the deliverance is in that word salvation, healing, prosperity, peace, everything you need, he is. And everything he is, he paid for for you to have. He told Moses, I am. I am. Well, he is our I am. He's the great I am in our life. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord for that. So you know you're the prophet of your own life. Some just take the formula for this. You know, you can say, well, so-and-so give their car away, and they got a new one, and they ain't been saved but two months, and I need a car, and I've been saved 10 years, and I'm going to give mine away. The principles work, but just not the formula. You don't take the formula because somebody else did X, Y, Z and believe that it'll work for you because they did it. It'll work, be, be, uh, it'll work for you because he said it would, because he said all your needs were met, because he said uh, by his stripes you're healed. So it's not just a formula that you take. It's the principles that you apply to get your need met. Uh, we know Hebrews 11.1 uh, says, And now faith is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen yet. Uh, you know, hope is not faith, and faith is not hope, yet they're both there, yet you need that. Without hoping to receive something, without hoping to receive your check, you wouldn't go to work. You would try to go someplace else. <laughs> You'll find something else without uh, the check coming that they promised you, that they told you you would get, the benefits you can have, you wouldn't go there if you knew that wasn't a possibility. You have hope in what they say, hope in that contract that they give you, that they're going to do exactly what they say they'll do. And so, but God is faithful. You can always trust him. So uh, the difference here, hope, like I said, is not faith, but this is a good example of it. You might say that, uh, I guess most of you have a heat pump. Say your heat pump is faith. And that thermostat on the wall is your goal setter. <laughs> that thermostat is hope. So it sets the goal for faith to act. It sets that goal for what you're calling for. You don't have it, but you're calling for it. So you go in the house, and it's 40 degrees, but you want 75. So you run in the house, you put that thermostat on 75, but it's not 75, it's 40, but you're calling for it. You set your goal, you set your hope, you're calling for that to move up, and so it begins to move to 45, 50, 60, 70, and pretty soon it's 
happen just like you set the hope for, the goal setter for, and faith brought it in. Because that hope and that goal setter is calling for it. It's calling for it to happen. It's asking for it. It's just like Pastor brought out once, calling the dog. You know, you might have a dog, Bruno or whatever his name is. And you, you get out and you holler, here, Bruno, here, here. He's not there. But you're calling for him because you want him to respond. You want him to come in. And so you're calling for what you need. You need the thermostat to react and and bring in 75 degrees. You need the dog to come to be fed. So you're calling for what you need. You're calling for what you need. And now we're going to talk about some seed that you plant also to get that. But you have to believe it before you see it. Really, you do. Faith is a substance, all right. It is an evidence. But it's that you can't see it yet. So when are you going to believe that you have it? When will you believe you have it? You know, when you believe you have it is when you ask. When you pray or when you're prayed for, Or when you declare a thing on your own and you say, for example, just healing. By his stripes, I am healed. He sent his word and healed me. He brought me out of the pit of destruction. He'll bless my bread and water. He'll take sickness out of my midst. That's your foundation that you're planting the seed for. That's foundation. Now, that's seed. This is a bag of seed. This is a bag of seed. And this is the soil. This is your soil your spirit. you got to put the seed in the soil and let it grow and have faith in it to get the result. So when from the time you say, this is mine, I by his stripes I'm healed, from this point over to here where you receive it and it manifests, that's the time Satan's going to try to talk you out of it. He's going to come with symptoms. He's going to come with a pain. He's going to come with a commercial on television that says, well, you know what? This is this and this and this and this. And, and it could bring death and it could be paralyzed. Yeah, and it could do a hundred things. You've heard them all. The side results, uh, the side effects of it is worse than uh, the, the thing you have most of the time. But And we're not against medicine, let me make that clear. Doctors are wonderful. They're there to help us. But when you believe you have it is when you laid claim on it. You planted the seed of the foundation for it. And now you believe you have it because God's word is true. Because he's faithful. Because he'll never drop the ball if we don't. It has to happen. It has to happen. Because he's faithful. And so you believe it as Mark eleven twenty four says. Therefore I say unto you that whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. It's believing when you pray or when you're prayed for. Now it's standing and it's walking it and it's thanking him and it's praising him and it's watering it and it's believing it and it's going over it from this point to this point when it shows up in your life, when it manifests fully. And one day you wake up and the thing is gone. It's gone in your hips. It's gone in your knees. It's gone in your elbow because you put faith on the foundation. You planted the seed in your soil. And so, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about the soil here as well. You know how to increase your faith is pray the word. If you're not praying in tongues, and I highly recommend the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
When you pray in your heavenly language, you pray the perfect will of God. It says, beloved, when you don't know how to pray, you wouldn't know how to pray exactly for me, nor I for you, because I don't know all you need, but he does. I can pray in the Spirit and pray his perfect will for you. But if you're praying in English, don't pray the problem. Pray the answer. You know, if John lost his job, you don't say, Lord, here I am. John lost his job. He's never going to get a job. Uh, Lord, we don't know what we're going to do. The rent's due. The kids are sick and on and on. That's the wrong seed. <laughs> but you come and you say, Father, there's a job available out there. John needs a job. Somebody needs John. You will make that divine connection. And so you pray the word, not the problem. Because you already got the problem. You don't want the problem. So don't ask for the problem. But keep speaking the answer. Take the answer. Put it in your mouth and speak it. What decreases your faith is the words of the enemy. You know, we do it all the time. If you will be out in a crowd, you can go to a family reunion. You can go somewhere in a crowd of people. You can go to a class reunion, anything. Even sometimes, sad to say, among the body of Christ. Because, look, we're all on different faith levels. Some here, some here, some here, some way up here above me by far. Uh, we're all on different levels. So we're growing up spiritually in the Lord. We're growing in the Lord, and that's his plan. But you can go to a group of people. The two words you will hear more than any other two words around is sickness and death. And Jesus didn't speak either. All he said was, you're healed. You can check it out. You can look through the word. You will not find Jesus talking death. You will not find him talking sickness. Because he doesn't. He's speaking the end result. When the little girl was dead and he went to raise her from the dead. And they were crying and bemoaning and they said, she's dead. He said, she's asleep. In his mind she was because he was fixing to raise her up. So to him, she's not dead. He's looking at you like you are healed. You are prosperous. You have everything you need. That's how Jesus sees you. He's looking through the blood and the price he paid, and he's seeing you just that way. You have to see yourself that way. You have to see yourself as an overcomer. You have to know that you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, Revelations 12, 11. So you're an overcomer. You're not an undergoer. <laughs> You're an overcomer. And you overcome by how you react on the word, what you say, and what you do, and how you act on the word of God. Second Peter uh, 1 uh, 3 says, And God has given you all things. Now, this should make you shout. God has given you all things that pertains to life and godliness. To life and godliness. Hallelujah. He's already given it to us. He's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. You say, well, if he's given it, bless God, why don't I have it? Well, we have to take it. You have to take it. If I lay a gift up here and I say, Jeff, this is yours. And I really picked that out for Jeff. You know, I handpicked that, and I just knew Jeff would like it, and I just knew that's what he wanted. And, you know, he went out that door and didn't even come get it. There's two things involved here. <laughs> First of all, I cannot be offended. 
uh, I think it's Psalms uh, 119-165 says, And they that love thy law, nothing shall offend them. It did not say you would not have opportunity to be offended. You just don't take it because you don't have to. It'll block your faith. That's the trick of the enemies, the reason he tries to get you to get offended, that he tries to get you to, uh, to sidetrack your faith, to put your words on hold. Some of them, if they're negative, need to be on hold. You can't speak the negative and get positive results. You can't say, if we go on vacation, those kids got sick last year. If we go this year, I bet you a nickel they get sick. You know John's already coughing, and we're going to get sick if we take that vacation. You're the prophet of your own life. If you speak that, that's what you believe. If you speak that, and you speak that, and you're fearful of that, that's what you, they will. Because your faith is so strong that they will, they will. But why don't you say, although they might have last year, this is a new year. Father, I get your word. By your stripes, we're healed. And this year, this vacation will be different. This year, these kids will do well. This year, and, and they will. Because you put your faith to work, and that's how it'll happen for you. You know, there's enough power in the word itself to cause itself to come to pass. There's enough power in this room because of Jesus in us to heal everybody that comes through the door, everybody saved comes through the door, every need you've got met. There's enough of the power because Jesus is in you, the greater one's in there, to get everything that you could ever need. But it comes from his word, his foundation, believing it, receiving it, and speaking it out your mouth. Uh, there is enough power, like I said, to cause it. We have to take it. We have to take it. And so... You know, you go back to the book of Genesis, and it was dark, but God said something. There was darkness, and God said, light be. If he hadn't said light be, it had still been dark. But you go all the way down through the first chapter of Genesis, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. It's creative power. You create with the words of your mouth. God's creative power is in you as well. And when he said, God said, God said, he did. And it happened just that way. And God said, I see it, and it's good, and I'm going to rest on the seventh day. So, but you know, you have to say it. God didn't do anything without saying it first. And you know, if you get technical, we don't either. You know, you say, well, now tomorrow I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go to the store, and you know what? I'm going to go visit so-and-so tomorrow. We proclaim the things we intend to do many times, but sometimes we have to watch those negative words. Right on the other hand, with every, watching every negative word, we have to speak the positive. We do. You know, we begin to learn these things many years ago when our children were younger. And we we would even do that when my precious granddaughter here, Grace, was smaller. Uh, you know, the first promise, and teach your children, the first promise is, uh, uh, children, honor your parents, obey your parents. This is the first commandment with the promise of long life. Well, church is wonderful, and we've got a good church, and we've got wonderful things for your children, and thank God we do. We're fixing to build on and extend so they can have, but you know what they get at home is important? 
Do you have a prayer time at home? Do you have time to sit down with your children and God each day? If you don't, church will not never be just enough, although it's wonderful. But your atmosphere at home, what you say at home, how you live your life at home, and how you teach your children to do that will be how they grow up and teach their children. We had some precious ones just to leave out of here a minute ago. And that's just a side note here, but it's, it's the truth anyway. So we speak what we want. God did, never said anything first, but that's good seed and bad. He said this in uh, Proverbs 18:21. He said, the power of life and death is in your tongue. You know, if somebody come through that door with a machine gun or something, we'd all be scurrying. We'd be watching for safety. We'd be helping one another. And that's a danger, and it is a dangerous world. That's why you take the 91st Psalm every morning. I do as well. But the most dangerous thing, the most ammunition that can cause victory or kill you is in your mouth because the Word said the power of the life and death itself is in your tongue. So what we do with this little member <laughs> will be much victory or it will be much death, devastation, leaving here early, going a different way, making the wrong decisions, the thinking and the power that is in your mouth. Set your course. You know, when we were pastoring, we had an elderly couple that come, and Bill had just ministered that morning on uh, the decisions you make are an asset or a liability, every one of them, from the smallest to the greatest. And so we had an elderly couple, and they lived in Grundy, and he said, when you face a disaster, like suddenly something comes, the first words out of your mouth will set your course. If somebody's life or death matter, they don't need you. Oh, my God, they're going to die. No, they need your faith then, and you will shut it down with fear. You will shut it down with fear because there's only two avenues. We're always operating in faith or fear, one or the other, and fear will shut your faith down. So this elderly couple was in an accident, and... Uh, Miss Ethel remembered what Bill had ministered. And so she took that word. <laughs> she took it. So we went to the hospital to visit them and what could have been killed them. They were okay. And she said, oh, I remember what Pastor said this morning. <laughs> you know, that the first words out of your mouth. So she spoke the positive and not the negative. Uh, and we, we have to do that. You know, one little interesting thing that we find as well in medical research, and I'll read this slowly. In medical research, they have discovered that the part of your brain that controls your speech is connected to every nerve in your body. So, we see so much stress. Maybe there's many sitting here this morning that's full of stress. Stress because what you don't have or afraid you can't get or you do have you want to get rid of or whatever. You're stressed about many things, about children, about you don't even hear from some of them, about something going on in your body, about your finances. But stress won't get the answer. You know, you have to, as he said, cast the care 
So I tell everybody, cast the care and take the prayer. Cast the care and take the prayer because you cannot change it most of the time. You can't. You know, if you're praying for somebody or something and you're so stressed about them, you can't change it. They need your faith to change it. But if you're concerned and worried and fretful about it, they don't have your faith. And they need that. And we do in, our, in us as well. So, you know, you cast that care. I've had to do it. I had a situation many years back where I took the care. It was back in the 80s. And I took that care. And I knew better. But I took it and I worried about it. And I lost down under 100 pounds. And I took that care. Long story, and I won't go into it all. There's two or three ways to hear the spirit, the peace of God that still small voice, the audible voice. Most of the time, if you hear what you think is an audible voice that's almost booming, if somebody else was in the room, they might not hear it. But that particular time, nobody was home but me, and I went in to make up the bed, and I heard this booming voice over this situation that I was so stressed about. Stress will kill you. It's not a good thing. You don't have to have it. Anyway... I heard this voice say, can you fix it? I heard my own voice. I don't know if I did or not, but I heard me say, God, I can't fix it. He said, neither can I till you bring it and leave it. If you've got it, you are responsible to fix it. He said, but if I got it, I can. I can. And so you have to cast that care. Take the prayer. Take the words. Speak the words. Uh, those two avenues. Fear, no, no fear. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. You're a three-part being here. You are a spirit. You have a soul, mind, motion, intellect, and you have this body that you have to live in while you're here. But your main core, your main hub, the core of your being is your spirit right in here. And your spirit is a real person. If your spirit stepped out and we could see with our spiritual eyes, it would just, just look like you. It would have hair and eyes and on and on because God has hair like wool, feet like brass. So your spirit is what gets saved. Your spirit has the life. Out of your belly will flow those rivers of living water. And you need that living water coming up out of you. When it gets full in you, it can overflow on those around you. Change their situations as well because that's what we're sort of designed to do is change things along the trail for everybody. That's why we're here. You know, we could have went on to heaven the day we got saved if we weren't here to try to get somebody else into the kingdom, to meet their needs, to see to helping them get to where they need to be as others help us to get to where we need to be. So remember that medical research, it's to every nerve in your body is connected to your speech. So we can understand why stressed people will have uh, hallucinations. They can get mentally derailed. And it's not stress is not the sole purpose of ever cause, but it's a great purpose of ever cause. Stress and stress and stress. 
it will get to you and affect your health, and we know that. Uh, Mark eleven twenty three says, Truly I tell you today that whoever says, the word says in this three times, the word believe once. Say, say, say. Uh, so truly I tell you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be lifted up, be thrown into the sea, and he does not doubt in his heart. But he believes that what he says will take place. Therefore, he can have whatsoever he says. You can have whatsoever you say. What is your mountain today? What is your mountain? Is your mountain fear? Is your mountain sickness? Is your mountain the fact that you need finances? All of us here has got a mountain to speak to because it's your circumstances and your situations. Those circumstances is the circle you're standing in, your circumstances and situation. But with the word, the promise, and the word out your mouth against it, and to take up in you what says you can have, how you can get rid of it, that is your victory. Your mountain can. You can speak to that mountain. Because let me tell you, you have the authority to do it. Jesus said, when I was here, I had all authority in heaven and earth. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed, all that were sick. Uh, but then he said, now I'm going to go away, paraphrasing, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to every one of you here. I'm going to give it to you. You have authority. How do you know that? Luke ten nineteen, It says, and you have authority over serpents, scorpions, that's demons, and the devil. And everything the devil possesses, how do you, he gave it to you, what is that authority in? It is in the name of Jesus, because Jesus did it. His name is your power of attorney, so to speak. You can take that name of Jesus, and you can speak to that mountain, and you have authority over it, and it should obey you. But remember, it's from this point here, <laughs> when you speak it, to this point when it manifests totally that you have to stay on guard and guard your heart and speak the word and stay in faith about it. So what you're saying here to your mountain will move that mountain. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that it actually lies within you to move the mountain? To move that mountain in your life. To take whatever you need. Gave you everything pertaining to life and godliness. So as you move that mountain, and you can. We're going to just speak just a little bit here about Adam's garden. When he placed Adam in the garden, the, uh, Adam had dominion. He had dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over everything that creeps and crawls. Adam had a setup. <laughs> he really had a setup. It was all fixed for him. Everything was perfect. We're heading to that, aren't we? We're heading to that. Hallelujah. Anyway, he had dominion. He gave you dominion here. He don't mean for the devil to uh, trample on you. He, don't, he said Satan come, Mark, uh, John 10, 10, Satan come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he said, but I've come. But I've come. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad he came? Praise God. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So Satan comes to steal the word out of your heart because the word's your victory. So Adam's garden, though, was perfect garden. He had dominion. Luke 10, 19 says you do too. 
But you got to use it. You got to take it. You got to apply it. Uh, the disciples said in uh, in Luke 17, uh, 5 and 6, said, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, give us more faith. We know how faith comes, don't we? And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it said, Lord, increase our faith. What did Jesus say to them? He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say to this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the roots and be thrown into the sea, and it should obey you. He did not say that tree would obey God or the Holy Spirit. He said it would obey you. But this is a little key to notice here, too. He said if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, what do you do with seed? What do you do with seed? You plant it. If it's a natural garden, you plant that seed. Your spiritual garden's here. You have to plant the word in your spirit. He said if you had faith, you're willing to plant. Then you might say to this sycamine tree, the faith that you're willing to plant, the seed here that you're willing to plant in your spirit brings spirit results. Uh, so, you know, in Mark 4, uh, 3, we just got, just got a couple of little uh, nuggets here to, to, go, to go over. Uh, they had uh, a sower sowed the word. The sower come to sow the word in the natural and spiritual. It's connected to spiritual here. And so some fell by the wayside and the birds ate it. You know, sometimes we hear the word and it just falls flat, you know. We can leave here. And I, we've all done it and never remember what the pastor had to say. Well, I don't know. Is that old song you say, well, what, where did, what did pastor pl- preach? Well, he preached on the platform. <laughs> so, you know. But what did he say? How did it affect you? How did it change your life? Well, sometimes it just falls up and Satan eats it. He just eats it right up and steals it before you can get out with it, before you can apply it. That's his game. And then some fell on on a ground full of rocks. Well, sometimes our spirit has that. It's too much care, too much uh, worry, too much fear, too much pride, too much whatever, that it actually goes in there. But And it springs up. We're excited to hear it. Did you hear about that? But then all of a sudden, you know, it has no depth in our soul, in our spirit. It's not rooted and grounded deep in there to stay in there, to produce and act and for us as we speak it and take care of it so we don't get the end result from it. Then the third one, it fell among thorns. And the thorns choked the word. What are your thorns in your spirit, man? They're your cares for the day. They are your worries, your concerns. From little children to teenagers, to college kids, to parents, to the older. We all have those concerns that we have authority over. But it'll choke your word. It fell all right in the natural garden, the thorns will. But in the spirit, your care, your worry, your anxiety, worries a sin, you know. I didn't know that for years when I first got saved, so I worried a lot. Bill said, well, if you didn't have something to worry about, you'd find it. And that was true. Now I don't do that. When it comes, I take authority 
to the best of my ability, and I'm growing just like you. We haven't arrived yet. There's no big eyes and little U's. All of us are going together on the word. And then, you know, there's the fourth one. And the seed was planted, and it fell on good soil. The good soil is you have good soil because you're saved. So you put that seed in the soil of your heart. And then it produced some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold here. So you plant the seed of God's word on what you need. The seed for the need will produce the result in your life that you want and that God wants for you. You know, if you're going out here, and this is just winding down now, if you go out here and you're going to plant a natural garden, and we, I used to do that when I was growing up, we had these big old gardens, <laughs> a lot of rows. Uh, so we have to we have to uh, attend to the soil. First of all, we have to to take care of the soil. Uh, we have to. Uh, you have a tiller, maybe if you garden. We didn't. We had a horse, <laughs> and we had a plow, <laughs> and so we plowed. But the soil had to be broken up. It had to be fertilized. It had to be ready to put the seed in. And then we had to go down those little rows and we planted those uh, beans and tomato seed and whatever. And you cover it up and now you have to remember what's in each row. So we had this little stick and we'd take that little package and we'd stick that down over that little stick and we thought, oh, I know, here is, is cucumbers, here's whatever. So, you know, that was the natural garden. But now when you plant a garden, that don't necessarily mean you're going to have a harvest. You're never going to have one unless you do plant. But that don't mean you're going to have one. Why? Because you can plant it, and then you cannot take care of it. You don't water it. You don't weed it. You don't hoe it. And the crows get your corn. So you didn't take care of it, then you don't have a harvest. The same thing with your natural seed, the spiritual seed in your spiritual soil produces spirit results. So when you plant the word, just for example, healing, which there's many needs, when you plant that word of healing in your soil, by his stripes you're healed. He sent his word and healed you, brought you out of the pit of destruction and on and on. When you plant that here, you won't get a harvest either most of the time unless you take care of it, unless you begin to believe it, speak it, act on it, and, and continually praise and thank him. God, I just want to thank you today that this, this word is in here, that I'm healed, that I act on it today, that I believe you for it. Lord, I take that. I have authority over pain. The greater one's in here. He's under my feet. And on and on. You take care of the soil that you planted, and guess what? You have that harvest. You can have 100%. And so as we plant, even when we sow our finances, we speak the same thing. You know, he said our needs were met. He said he would rebuke the devourer. He said he would open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing. You have to take the seed of whatever you need and put it in here. And then the case closed. You don't talk negative about it. From then on out, you believe it, you you thank God for it, you receive it in the soil of your heart in that precious soil here, plant that incorruptible seed 
if I planted a natural garden, I might get some seed that's not good. And I'd have to replant. But not with spiritual seed. It's incorruptible. It's perfect, the perfect seed of God. And the perfect seed of God brings perfect results as you protect the seed, as you protect your soil with the Word of God. Keep the crows out here. Keep the devil off of it. In the name of Jesus, you tell him, you will have to go. You know why? Because I have authority over you. And I'm going to take my authority because I, I'm bought with the blood here. You have no right. You're trespassing. So I take my authority in the name of Jesus for everything I need, and I plant the seed. So thank God. And if you're here, we just appreciate all of our visitors today, appreciate all of our home folk. You know, I love each one of you all. I do. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. And it's easy to love even those you don't know because if you love Him, it's so easy to love others. And so today... We're going to just apply some word here as well. If you're here today, and we just uh, we just ask everybody to be in prayer here, and we ask that you just close your eyes and be in prayer as well. And so as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if there's one here, if there's one here that you don't know God, you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. You would like to. You know, the rich man in hell, there's two places, heaven and hell. The rich man, he, he knew his body was in the ground and his brain was in his body, yet he remembered. He had five brothers here. Didn't want them to come there. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. So in heaven, we'll be more alive than ever. But in hell, we will as well. But it's a choice. Deuteronomy 30, 19 said, I've set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. Now you choose. You choose. And he told you what to choose. He said, choose life. So if you're here today and there's one here and you haven't chosen that life that's in the master, that you might make heaven your home, if you're here, would you just raise your hand and we'll pray for you? You know, Jesus is coming really soon. If there's just one here, you don't know the Lord. And I'm looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. If you do not know the Lord as your Savior, just raise your hand. If you're here and you say, I don't know, it's questionable. I once was, I'm not sure, I don't know if I'd go. It's so important that you know. And today you can know and have the very peace of God that heaven can be your home. Or that you're just rededicating. You've been a little slack on God. But now you want to step up and take him as your Lord afresh and anew. New beginnings, new frontiers for you today as well then just raise your hand. If you're here, you want to move up in God. You're not where you need to be. Then just raise your hand, and we'll pray over you. Just pray for you. Anybody, anywhere, I see that hand. I see that hand. I do. I do. And so, Father, we thank you for these. And now we pray this prayer together as out loud. Father, we thank you for your Savior your change maker. And now we bring these ones before you. We agree with them. 
that Jesus come into your heart, be your Lord, save you, heal you, move you up in anything you need. And through his blood and his name, we receive it now. And we thank you. We thank you. We receive it. We praise God for it. And thank the Lord. And over each one of you here today, I pray this year will be a new year for sure, and it's coming. But what we do with it is how it ends. You know, we can never live this day again. It's done when it's over at 12 o'clock tonight. Can't go back and change it. We can't relive it, and it passes so quickly. But we can change those tomorrows, this new year. You can make that dedication right where you sit afresh and anew to say, you know, Lord, I am going to make the kingdom priority in my life and spending time with the man. You say, well, I don't have time to do that. Well, really, you don't have time not to. That's your victory. So make that dedication. He's waiting on you and me, and we can get together here and get the job done. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.